Hello, my name is Jude Duncan and this is So Skin, a podcast all about visible differences, invisible illnesses and journeys to self-acceptance. This podcast features stories from people living with visible differences and invisible illnesses who create, document and share their journeys on social media. I've had psoriasis for almost seven years and I've been sharing my experiences of psoriasis online over the last four years, as well as my experience of psoriatic arthritis since last year. So, let's start the podcast. Hi, Athol. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me to, to do it. I was quite surprised, but pleasantly surprised. I'm good, though. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. No, I'm absolutely delighted that you could be on um, our podcast. I love the work that you're doing, especially around TikTok. Um, and we will talk about that a wee bit later on. But just for our listeners, Athol, can you please let me know what is your condition? So my condition is called cystic hygroma, which has also um, been recently changed, the word terminology, although I didn't know that, but I'll stick with cystic hygroma. So cystic hygroma is a malformation in the lymphatic system. So basically, in simple terms, wherever you have lymph nodes, it causes cysts to develop, which then occurred for me to become facially disfigured. And then when I had an operation to get rid of some of the cysts because they were crushing my windpipe, they severed my left facial nerve, which then developed facial palsy. Wow. And is this something that you've had from birth? Yeah, I was I was born with the condition and then the cystic the facial palsy basically happened literally the first op- operation I ever had. So it's not as if I had like a great length of time and then got facial palsy, I've literally had facial palsy for as long as I can remember. Wow. So what age were you when you got your first uh, surgery? I was literally maybe a day old. <laughs> so <gasps> wow. right off the bat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't realize like that so young you would be straight in for the surgeries. Yeah, it was, it was like a life. Or, basically the, my mum gave birth to me and then it was like say goodbye he's probably gonna die so say goodbye now took me away and then my mum and dad were left wondering if I was actually gonna gonna make it or not that's horrendous yeah and then the the, I I think it's funny now obviously it wasn't at the time but like Uh it was almost I survived the surgery and then they were like, oh, he's not out the woods yet. He's still really, really ill. And then just when they thought I was maybe getting better, I then got MRSA, which at that point in the 90s killed. It was like the killer bug in hospitals. So then I got that <laughs> and then somehow managed to still stick around. <laughs> so not not the the best start in life then. Quite no. a few illnesses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, and how have you found growing up with um, with your conditions? It's one of those things like when you're when you're really young, you mm-hmm. don't really notice that you are different from other people. I found, and it wasn't mm-hmm. until maybe because obviously I live in a smaller village, so it's like everyone knows each other. Um, I never really had much bother with anyone else. Sort of looking at me, it wasn't until I went out out of into the cities or something like that. But I didn't really do that that much because, um, when I was born, they gave me a tracheostomy just in case. I needed it so I had like big equipment my mum and dad weren't going to lob it around everywhere with them so I didn't Uh really I don't remember going that much to cities or 
whatnot. So it wasn't really until new people started coming to the school. And I always remember this one boy who joined the school and he said to me that, oh, you don't look like the other boys. And it was kind of that comment that then made me start realising that, oh, I do look different. And That's horrendous. Yeah, but, you know, that's just what, unfortunately, what some kids just are programmed to do, unfortunately, because they don't know any better. And that's the thing, like, Mm -hmm. especially now as well, growing up, like, kids say stuff, but kids are inquisitive, kids are going to say stuff. It's more the adults I have a problem with sometimes. Like, I always view it as if a kid says something to someone who looks different, that is the perfect opportunity for the parent or adult that's with them to sort of educate them that maybe that's not an okay thing to say out loud to someone. Absolutely. Nine times out of ten, though, the parents just they let me down and they just don't say anything. And I just think, oh, that was like a great opportunity for you to not scold your child, but to almost like educate them that people do look differently and you shouldn't make comments out loud because you don't know how people are going to react to it. Do you think that comes from the parents having a lack of education themselves? 100%, yeah. I think it's almost like... When you do see someone with a difference and you don't have a difference or you've never been exposed to someone that has a visible difference yourself, it's almost Mm -hmm. like you don't know how to address the situation. Mm -hmm. So therefore, nine times out of ten, people just don't address the situation whatsoever. Yeah, that's really interesting. How do you think we can combat that? I think... I've always thought, I mean, one of the main things that I've always really looked to do is sort of public speaking in schools, because Mm -hmm. I feel like kids at that age should be presented with something so that it educates them at an earlier age, so they don't go through into their adult life without basically learning how to be a kind human being sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely, completely agree with that one. Um... You have an Instagram and also a very successful TikTok. Um, what made you decide to start sharing um, your story and uh, journey on these platforms? Um, so growing up, I was always quite self-conscious, especially when you get older around sort of like dating and the way that you look and are you meant to look like a certain way? And I really mm-hmm. honed in on Instagram because I went to like a really bad stage where I absolutely detested the way that I looked and I would avoid looking at mirrors I would um, make sure that my disfigurement was hidden in a lot of my photos and I'm still quite bad for doing that sometimes now as well Um, and I just thought right okay one of the goals and ways that I helped myself gain self-confidence was to set myself a mission of uploading a photo of myself and then Mm -hmm. complimenting the photo whether it be your hair looks nice today Athol or um, you look that jacket suits you or whatnot. So it wasn't like a oh I'm trying to build my own ego, but it was more of a trying to build a platform where I could sort of go about my daily life without feeling really bad about myself. And that was where mm-hmm. my Instagram kind of started. And then um, I have a YouTube channel that I'm really active on. And from that, people started messaging me saying, oh it's so nice to see someone that has the same condition as me. That's so open and honest about it and who doesn't mind talking about it and I kind of thought hmm why don't I try and post more um sort of visible difference positive 
posts that will show mm-hmm. people that may have the same thing that it's okay to post photos and to um, fully dive into who you are as a person and be accepting of yourself and then yeah from that tiktok i've actually i first off got tiktok because one of my friends she's called danielle uh, said you need to get tiktok it's so funny and uh, it's kind of like vine except not like vine because vine will always have a special place in my heart but so i got <laughs> it and then i was sort of scrolling through and i thought oh you know it's quite funny and then I posted, I'd seen some videos of people posting um, videos with filters. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, right, okay. And then one day I was sending a, a Snapchat to my group of colleagues at work, because we have a group chat. And it was one of the ones where there's like love hearts across your eyes and you have to raise your eyebrows to change the color of the mm-hmm. love hearts. And obviously, because I've got facial palsy, uh, when I raised my one eyebrow, it didn't register that my eyebrows were being raised. So I jokingly grabbed my, used my hand to pull my other eyebrow up and it changed. And obviously I burst at laughing because I thought it was really funny. And then I just thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just stick it on my TikTok for a laugh and just see, like, just so I've posted at least one thing, because I'd posted a couple of times before, but not majorly, and then that mm-hmm. one, I think I went to bed, and then I woke up the next day, and it had over a thousand likes, and then it hit 10,000, and kept going, and then I just kind of thought, hmm, that's quite odd, but quite cool at the same time, and then mm-hmm. it kind of just developed from that, where, like, different filters would come up, and I thought, oh, I'll try that, and see what that looks like, or I'll do that, and see what that looks like, and it kind of developed from there and then all of a sudden people thought I was funny and decided to follow me oh how wrong they are (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm not gonna lie I've watched your TikToks I think you're hilarious um I don't maybe it's Scottish humor you know it does transfer really well but I think it's really interesting and I just want to pick up on the fact that you said you know you went from a stage of you were really unhappy with how you were looking you started using you know, Instagram is a place to kind of self-love and to look at yourself and actually give yourself compliments to now where you're, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you're almost kind of taking the mick, you know, out of these filters because they don't work for you. How did you get from, you know, the point, you know, that first point to, to where you are now? I think... One of the major things for me was I got facial surgery in 2013 mm-hmm. and that set me so far back. I think any work that I'd done just kind of, it was almost like my building blocks had well and truly been kicked away and I was back to square one. I didn't leave, at that point I was at uni, uh, I was in my second year, I did horrendously because I hardly went. Um, I hardly left my flat because I just felt so self-conscious that people were looking at me. And it was honestly, Mm -hmm. it's one of those times that I just would never like to relive ever in my life because I just felt so low about my my own self. Mm -hmm. And I always remember one time, so I studied in Perth in Scotland, Mm -hmm. but lived in Dundee. So that's like a 20 minute train journey. Uh, And I got on this train, it was absolutely packed in this group of four um, people around about maybe my age, wearing tracksuits and whatnot and one of them pointed me out and literally pointed at me and went 
oh my god, why does his face look, look like that? Maybe it was a bit more colourful with his language. Um, and oh I just remember god. wanting the whole, like, the world to just swallow me up because this this train was packed. So not only did I then have to have a 40-minute journey because the train broke down, I had to cope with almost, maybe they weren't looking at me, but I think when you put, sometimes with a mindset, you kind of do think people are looking at you and you think, are they just looking at me because our line of view has just caught each other or have they been staring at me for a while? And it kind of develops from that. And then I went home mm-hmm. that day to my flat and I'll not I'll not lie, I sat and I cried for a good 10 minutes about how that made me feel and how awful it made me feel. And then I thought to myself, right, do you know what? I put on music, I listened to some Beyonce, I listened to some Rihanna and I remembered who I am Mm-hmm. And at that point, I just thought to myself, I was like, you know, I'm almost going to take the power back. I'm no longer going to let people drag me down just to because they're trying to make a joke and get a few laughs, even though it's not even funny. And yeah, from then on, I, that was when I started implementing like my Instagram more. I started trying to be more positive about myself. And one of the main things for me was when I was out and about with people, I was almost at times so obsessed over whether people were looking at me that it was all I noticed and correct me if I'm wrong but sometimes I almost find that if you are looking for someone to be looking at you sometimes you don't stop until you find it because it almost gives your brain the validation that oh I'm right someone was looking at me and I then started to think right okay I'm going to go out today with my friends and I'm going to focus on what I'm doing and what we're doing together and not focus on anyone around me and then when I started to do that I started to realize that other people's opinions of me don't matter and the only opinion of me that's going to affect how I view myself is my own and then in Mm. that I kind of realized that in looking for in looking for validation from others I realized what I actually needed was self-love and validation for myself and then that kind of got me to the point where I just, I do fully accept my condition now. I fully accept the way I look. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying I look bad because I don't think I do look horrendous or any anything. But that was kind of where it developed to the point where I can have a laugh and a joke and mm-hmm. um, still have the power to decide when I think it's funny. And not, Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say there? And not... And, and not other people deciding when it's funny. Yeah. I love that. I love that you took back your power and just owned it. And the people that treated you that way are horrendous individuals. And, you know, that's on them. That's not a reflection of you at all. But you're right. In that moment, it's all you're thinking about. And I think the bit that you said about validation of people are looking so you find it it is so true as well it can become all-consuming yeah it can and then in doing that it just creates a very unhealthy mindset and even now I will sort of avoid conversations um that kind of drag me back to that kind of stage because I just feel it's sort of counteractive um, like when people oh like talk about sort of the past of how I am and I can sort of see that they maybe look to me 
but they're asking me the same questions that I asked myself like 10 years ago. I find it really hard sometimes to sort of talk about it in a way sometimes because I feel like Mm -hmm. it just kind of drags me back to that sort of negative mindset especially when it's like oh some people have messaged me before and been like oh like why did this happen to us like people that have the same condition as me and I just I find it hard to sort of talk about it sometimes because I have had that self-acceptance and it's hard Mm -hmm. to sort of try and think back to like the negative mindset and it's sad that there are people out there that are still in that negative mindset and it's because of people that make silly comments that they think are going to be funny and get Mm -hmm. a good laugh and in reality you might have got a laugh but at the same time at what expense because I'm always of the opinion of although you might have got a cheap laugh out of your friends you don't know how much someone has had to build themselves up just to leave the house that day. Yeah. And then in saying that, you've just, boom, hit them back to square one. Completely. I mean, you can have a laugh about it for five seconds and then forget about it and never think about it again. But that can stay with someone forever. I remember once um, there was a boy who'd said something really horrible to me in school maybe about five years later I saw him and um we were a wee bit drunk and I, and I mentioned that comment to him and he went did I actually say that to you and I was like yeah and it stuck with me all these years and he was like do you know what I can't even remember that I'm so sorry and that was the second that I realized that I'd given him the power because yeah. I'd hung on to it for so long and he hadn't even he hadn't even spent another second thinking about it um so I do, I, I definitely agree. I think people need to be so much kinder with what they say. Yeah, it's just like, it's one of those things, be kind, it literally costs absolutely nothing. And I mean, part of it is immaturity. And yeah, okay, there will be people that, like that that boy, for instance, who probably learned later on in life and thought, oh my goodness, saying something like that. But there is there, there's always going to be those people that just don't learn. And that's really... Mm-hmm that's where I find an issue um for instance like TikTok hasn't been all positive I have had some comments but I'm I'm glad I'm at the stage now where um it, it genuinely doesn't bother me whereas I did go through that stage where if someone commented like for instance when I was younger and I had YouTube videos some people would make comments and that would be what would keep me up at night thinking about comments and be like, oh, do people actually think that? Like, do my friends actually think that? And they just don't don't say it to me, which is mm-hmm. such a such a weird thing to think because obviously they don't. But when you're in that negative mindset, as soon as you get going, there's just the wheels start turning and turning and turning, and then by the by the time you're going full speed ahead. Yeah, exactly. And with those negative comments, do you respond or do you block? Or do you just ignore them completely? Um, see, I'm an Aries, so Aries Aries can tend to get very um hot tempered sometimes. But uh-huh. I do try my best. If people say something, I'm just like block, move on, go block, move on, go. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there was one day that one of my TikToks must have just been tiktok did me wrong tiktok did me dirty they must have put my tiktok on like every single troll on tiktok's page that day because the amount of comments i got were like it was insane it was about 10 comments an hour i was getting and they were all negative and i just thought 
what was going on? So it got to the point where I didn't reply to people. I had replied to a couple of people. And I think in doing that, sometimes you give them what they want. And if yeah. other people see that you're replying to people, they then go, oh, right, that person's replying to people that are leaving negative comments. Let's make one as well. So it got to the point where that that TikTok, I just took the comments off and just turned them off and it really stopped. But on the whole, I will say TikTok has been absolutely lovely. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever been called king, queen and an icon so much in all my life. <laughs> I mean, the facts are facts, Athol. The facts <laughs> are facts. Um, but I think that, yeah, what you're saying is that like, you could be, what, what's that quote? You could be the sweetest, juiciest peach in the world and there's always going to be someone that doesn't like peaches. And I think that you're always going to have trolls. You're always going to have keyboard warriors. Um, but yeah, I think you dealt with that really well and just been like, you know what? Absolutely not, not having this. Um, and yeah, other people see it and thrive because that's, I mean, they need to, I don't know what's wrong with them to do that. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's their problem. Uh, I think I here. think as well as soon as you start like replying to negative comments that people are saying it almost does take you back to that negative mindset again and that's when it can really start going wrong for someone's like yeah. confidence. Yeah, it's giving them back the power to actually, you know, stoop to their level and respond. Um and I think you can always tell is it cuz sometimes I get comments that are kind of negative but I'm like you're clearly in a place where you want to be educated. So, like, that's fine, but I think you can definitely tell where someone wants to be, is uneducated and someone's just been a right dick. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, if people comment saying, oh, what's wrong with your face, generally doesn't bother me. I will reply to them, I will educate them because I love nothing Mm -hmm. more. Like, my condition isn't well known, so if I can use the chance to be like, this is my condition, this is what it is, and half the time people reply going, oh, thank you so much for, like, replying to me, like, I'm glad that you, like, helped educate me on that and I have actually had a couple of people who went from TikTok find my Instagram and sent me messages and mean like hey I seen your comment about your condition and I decided to look it up and basically thank you for sharing what your condition was because I was really curious and I was like oh great I'm glad you like took the time to educate yourself but then on the flip side you do just get comments that are just they're just downright mean and not productive in any way those people need to get hobbies exactly exactly they really do (laughs) um what is what's the biggest misconception um about your condition i know you said it's not very well known so um but what is the biggest misconception do you think 100 percent. the biggest misconception with my condition is a lot of people think my condition is tied with a learning disability okay 100% the amount of times that people have thought I'm not all with it or that I'm slow or that I might need help and then they actually see and they're like oh right okay we're wrong really sorry and I will say there was one time that I went to Asda and I went to the self-checkout but I was buying Mm -hmm. DVDs I was buying I'm a I'm an absolute avid Disney fan and nine times out of ten if I'm watching a film it's a Disney film Disney Mm -hmm. Plus literally saved my lockdown. (laughs) And so I was buying Disney DVDs and obviously they had to take the red, the red little slip thing out. Yes. And uh, the woman literally came up to me and she took the DVDs from me and she got really close to me and she was like, I'm just going to go and take these out. I'll be right back. And 
I'd seen her serving other people whilst I was waiting to use the self-checkout and mm-hmm. she was completely normal. She wasn't like that at all. And I just thought, okay, today you're going to learn. So yeah. I leaned into her and I went, okay, you go do that then. And she went bright red, went away, came back and she apologised to me. And she was like, I'm really sorry. I was like, yeah. Yeah. That, is that, is, it's weird that people can just make that assumption, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's the assumptions are like almost shows your ignorance, I think. I mean, the amount of times, uh, as a waiter, obviously, serving tables, I once went up to a table and mm-hmm. was like, oh, what can I get you to drink? And the wife literally looked at me and she went, oh, don't tell me, let me guess. And I was like, sorry, I don't, what do you want to drink? And then she said, it's a tooth abscess, isn't it? <gasps> and I was like, eh, <laughs> no. And I walked off and just made someone else serve her. I just thought, really? Really? That's... That's... <laughs> oh my god! My, my like, oh my god! How rude! Like, it's... even if you did have a tooth abscess, like you don't say that to people. I know, and it's the thing as well. In that setting, you almost can't say what you would like to say because obviously you've got to be nice. Yeah, and it's and so annoying. <laughs> yeah. And it, oh, that that's the one thing about being a waiter that grinds my gears is that people just think they can say whatever they want to you or do whatever they want to you and you've just got to like take it because oh we could write a bad trip advisor review or whatnot. I was I was a waitress as a student and I honestly and I'll I said it then, I'll say it now, I'll say it again. I think everyone at some point in their life should be a waiter or a waitress because honestly you would then be so much nicer because the amount like the public are rude and see now when I ever go to a restaurant I am always like probably 10 times nicer to the waiter or waitress than I would have been just because I know what they're going through oh exactly exactly I just think as well some of the some of the stuff that come out that I've had with waiters is really funny it's like the amount of stories that I have my biggest gripe is obviously you know when you're when you're a group waiter you can carry more than two plates at a time so mm-hmm. putting all the plates down and then someone's like oh by the way we've also got a we've also got a, a bowl of chips coming and I just kind of think yeah it's just coming because it turns out I'm not a fucking octopus I'm just gonna go and get it and I'll be back in two seconds but <laughs> funny about the waiter thing is I actually became a waiter to challenge myself because what better way to challenge yourself to be confident mm-hmm. than speaking to random people that you would normally I would normally never have done and I just felt it was such a great way for me to help me to be more confident because mm-hmm. you do have to you can't just not serve anyone that just doesn't make a good waiter <laughs> yeah completely um what would you say to someone who's still in that negative space um you know who's on that journey but who isn't feeling great about themselves what advice would you give them I would give the advice to go at your own pace Mm -hmm. everyone's journey is individual and everyone's journey is different some people will get to the confidence stage like that like the click of their fingers other people it takes time and you will have knockbacks and even if there is knockbacks still look at how far you've come and to not focus so much on um I'll use a quote actually from One Tree Hill, which is like my all-time favorite TV show. A yes. lot of people, a lot of people view happiness as a destination, 
and they think that when they get to the this point of self-acceptance or they get this car or this house or this life that they'll be happy and then it turns out that they're not part of the journey is to realize that you will have down days and you will have fleeting moments of happiness it's not that you're going to get become confident and be confident 24 7 I mean I mm-hmm. still have my down days I still have days where I think oh I don't know if I can do this today but that's not to say that you're failing it's just that it's a process that's it it's a process and I think everyone needs to realize that that if you are trying to become confident it's not just gonna happen overnight it takes time I I completely agree and I think um I think that note is, is the perfect place to, to end. Um, Athol, if people want to find you on the internet, where can where can they find you? So if they search my name, my name is Athol Mills, A-T-H-O-L-L-M-I-L-L-S. I have a YouTube channel. I have Instagram. I have TikTok. So you can find me on many, many platforms. <laughs> and if you aren't following Athol on those uh platforms i would definitely say go out and do it you're not going to regret it um athol thank you so much for joining me today enjoy the rest of this uh, very rare sunny day in scotland and i will speak to you soon thank you so much for inviting me to do this and i hope the weather stays nice and that we can both enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> speak soon bye athol bye